Oh yeah, I got my microphone there. Hi everybody, uh, Eric from Hit Subscribe, and um, today I've got yet another question uh, about freelancing. This one is from our freelance community, so it's not the most beginner of questions, but it's an interesting one. Um, it's kind of lengthy, so I'm going to cut uh, parts of it here, but anyway. I was curious if as part of your freelance and marketing efforts, it's worthwhile to generate recognition and gain new customers by giving conference workshops or even online workshops. So um, <clears throat> I'm generalizing this a little bit to talks. I'm recognizing he didn't ask about talks, but like, so the question essentially is, um, is it worthwhile as a freelancer for you to give conference talks or workshops or things of this nature? in order to generate new business. Um, the short answer to that is yes, in theory. Actually, that's a great way to generate new business, but um, there are some pretty heavy caveats to that that I'm gonna get into here first before I talk about how to succeed with it. Um, specifically, let me talk about a couple of uh, failure patterns that, that I see with this. The first one is just absolutely everywhere in the world of software development. And that is you prepare and give a talk that's aimed at your peers who are kind of theoretically your competitors rather than the people that would buy from you. So the way the marketing activity tends to go well or best is when you are um, creating content in some form or addressing the person who's going to buy stuff from you. So if you sell um, T-shirts to the you know, general consuming public, uh, you well, I mean, say it's like more specific than that. Maybe you sell like men's T-shirts for men over the age of fifty or something. You want to make sure that you're um, targeting that demographic with your marketing. In the business world, freelancers um, are too expensive to be business to consumers, so that's a business to business relationship. The buyer um, in that case is usually somebody that's in organizational leadership. So your buyer as a freelancer is probably at least a manager, maybe a director. Um, a VP or someone in the C-suite, but um, it is somebody that's in leadership. Now, there is another persona in the buying equation called an influencer. So in the world of um, selling freelance services, for instance, maybe you're um, a quality assurance professional that does contract work, it might be the QA manager that makes the decision to hire you, and it might be like a director that approves the budget. In that case, the director is your buyer, and the QA manager is what's called a champion and or a decision maker. And that means that person influences or even makes the decision on behalf of the buyer. So you kind of need to address both of those people. But usually both of those people are going to be in organizational leadership. The reason for that is buying services from freelancers is typically at least a five-figure engagement. And they're not trusting just anyone in the company to spend tens of thousands of dollars worth of company money. So as a freelancer, your buyer is usually going to be uh, somebody that can hold a company credit card. And um, let's contrast this with, in the world of software development, what most talks are. Most software development talks are kind of like, look at this cool thing I built in the browser, squarely aimed at other software engineers. Other software engineers are your peers slash competitors, in theory, uh, for gigs. They're not your buyers, and they're probably not really your champions. So the way in software in particular, but I think a lot of technician-style freelancers, the way they kind of do this type of marketing is, you know, the classic, uh, was it originally South Park, like 
impress my peers, dot, 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 profit. Uh, you, you know, so it's a really inefficient way to market. And, and the reason that is, um, is because if you think about what has to happen if you do that, so you go give a talk where you're like, hey, look at this cool thing I did in the browser. Your hope is that the 200 peers or so that are in attendance are so blown away by this that they wander on back to work and say like, hey, uh, director, I saw this really cool talk by this really cool person and you should totally hire them to do stuff. That's not a conversation that's very likely to happen. So the path between conference speaking like that and getting business is a very long winding one. Now, you will hear industry success stories of this working where software engineers go on the conference circuit and they speak all the time and they become known and they have some brand name recognition for their name and that can lead to opportunities. But consider how indirect that is. Get on the conference circuit. That means you're not giving one talk where you maybe spend like 40 hours prepping the talk and then you give the talk. You're doing that over and over again. You're traveling. You're dedicating a significant portion of your life to doing that. So if you're looking at this from um, a return on investment perspective, it's going to be atrocious. Like the amount of labor that you're spending doing that as a marketing activity is just through the roof. So um, if you're in a technician style um, freelancing position, giving talks where your peers think you're awesome is just really not efficient. Um, it can work, but eh, I wouldn't do it. It's not where I'd put my time and money because it's a really, really low leverage play. So that's failure pattern number one. The second failure pattern is, um, I'll kind of generalize this as not having a niche. So um, let's say that as a software engineer, you don't make the mistake of giving a talk to other software engineers to try to win business, but you actually do manage to get in front of the CIO of a company. Um, now, what is the talk that you give and what are the services that you offer? So maybe you go in and you give this really cool talk about um, you know, I don't know, software engineer morale and how to like minimize turnover in your organization. It's a valuable talk. The CIO would probably be interested if that person then goes up to you and says, oh, do you do uh, consulting where you help implement, you know, morale boosting programs or whatever? And you say, oh, no, I'm a full stack engineer that specializes in web development. Uh, you know, there's not uh, a lot of uptake in that relationship. So I guess what I'm getting at is, if you're giving a talk, even if you're getting in front of buyers, you need to be giving a talk where the thing you're talking about is directly related to what they might engage you to do. Now, you might opportunistically, after that talk, lie and say, I sure do help with that style of consulting. And, um, you know, calling that a lie isn't really fair. If they're impressed enough by the talk and your ideas to want to hire you, like, that's a perfectly valid thing to do. But there's a difference between just kind of blundering into that and being a management consultant that helps and specializes in uh, morale boosting programs and giving a talk on that, that's really what you want to be doing, not just dreaming up random stuff to talk about and hoping that it will lead to people being impressed with you and then buying the thing you actually do. So you want to have established something that you do and be giving a talk to a potential buyer about that. And um, counterintuitively, where this will tend not to work is for you to be an ace full stack software developer that goes to a um, conference attended by CIOs and talks about being an ace software developer. And the reason for that is there's an entire like recruitment process that's designed to address that. 
So, hey, I'm really good at software engineering isn't interesting to a CIO. That person has a whole machine of people and hiring and interviewing that's designed to suss out good software engineers. They're not interested in that talk. So you really do need um, some kind of specialized thing that you're going to do for that audience. So those are the two failure patterns, I guess. Number one, talking to your peers, and number two, um, not really be not talking about like the specialized thing that you offer or even not having a specialized thing to offer. So until you can get in front of buyers and until you can offer them something unique and compelling that's related to what you will actually deliver them, I, I would forgo the conference speaking unless it's just fun. You know, hey, if you like going to give talks for the love of the game, for teaching, there's a lot of reasons to do that. But lead generation really isn't one. It's not a good lead generation play. Um, that said, how would you be successful doing it? Um, well, obviously, first make sure you're talking to your buyers or at least influencers. So you should be able to trace a direct path from the talk that you're giving um, to the business that you're going to be doing. And what I mean by that isn't just that they're related, but like somebody might wander up to you after the conference and say, hey, that was a really interesting talk. Can I hire you? If you can map that out in your mind, that your talk will lead to someone in your audience um, maybe even hiring you on the spot, that's the hallmark of a good talk. So like going back to this um, management consulting situation, let's run that back. If you specialize in helping companies of a certain size um, boost morale and increase retention among software engineers, and you're giving a talk to an audience full of CIOs, you can easily imagine that one of them comes up to you after the talk and says, hey, I've been suffering horrible turnover. Like, do you have a business card? You know, can we talk about this? Can we do a discovery call? That's a very logical progression of steps. So before giving a talk, Ask yourself if you can envision something like that. Um, a good like real-world field example here is Hit Subscribe um, is a company builds like content programs, content campaigns. I am uh, gearing up to do a talk over the next few months about um, how to build at a company uh, community-generated content campaigns. So basically, you have guest bloggers or freelancers, like people you're bringing in to write. So having presided over an enormous camp, uh, program like that for years, I'm pretty qualified to do that. The people in attendance in the audience are people who very well might um, say, one, it's really cool that you're teaching me how to do this. Now I'm going to go do it. Or two, oh, uh, it's cool that you do that. I want it done, but I don't want to do it. We should talk. So I can trace from that talk a direct path to someone in the audience um, wanting to do business with me. Now, um, as an aside, don't turn your talk into a sales pitch. That's not a good talk. So you should give that talk under the assumption that you're just giving the audience valuable information and that's good enough. But you want to plant the seed that you're somebody who knows how to do that. And you want to be able to imagine a world where they would come up to you and ask for your help. Uh, but you don't want to be too salesy because then you're just doing an infomercial. Um, you also in that talk want to make sure that you are flashing the kind of expertise you want to be hired for. So um, if you have the audience and you can envision a conversation, that's great. But you also want to like tease that you have this knowledge. So um, ideally, take your past experience. So for like me with Hit Subscribe, you know, we've, I don't know, generated like 3,000 pieces of content over four years. I have a lot of experience. I can draw data, and I will draw data for a talk like that uh, from doing that, and then present that you know, unique information. So you're flashing, hey, I have this expertise, and it's led to some unique and interesting insights. 
you want to show that to the people you're talking to um, as part of this talk or workshop if um, you're structuring it that way. And then um, you want to make sure, like, so you can envision somebody coming up to you after the talk and, um, you know, having that conversation like, oh, we should do business together. But you don't want to rely on that because that might not be how it goes. You do want to have uh, what's called a call to action uh, or a next step. So at the end of your talk, give them a way to uh, get in touch with you. What I like to do personally when I'm uh, making appearances somewhere is actually create a landing page on my site. So, you know, if it was dead tech back in my consulting days, deadtech.com slash such and such talk. So I create that landing page and then I populate it um, before the conference so that I'm talking directly to people that saw me at the conference rather than just saying like, here's my website and here's my Twitter handle saying, go here, you know, if you're interested in continuing the conversation or if you want to know more about this type of thing, go to this URL and then you can put up a custom message for them uh, that says whatever you want. Like, you know, maybe you're giving them um, some kind of uh, PDF or something that you offer for free as the next step. Maybe you're inviting them to reach out for a call, whatever it is. You want to script that interaction and then end the talk with uh, directing people to that. Preferably, it's something that's relatively easy and memorable, so don't give them a really long like URL. Um, if you're speaking at you know, MoraleConf, just call it deadtech.com slash morale or something. So make it easy to remember and make it easy for them to have that conversation. Because if they come up to you afterwards and they want to do business with you, that's great. But you know who usually comes up to you after talks is really like um, engaged, sometimes overly engaged people that want to pick your brain. And maybe the people that actually want to hire you don't have the patience to wait for somebody to ask you 30 questions after the talk. So you might miss those people. You want to make sure that they have a clear, not just reason to get a hold of you and, and path to work out um, uh, to take next steps with you that way, but that it's easy for them to do. Remove as much friction as possible. Uh, giving them, you know, some path to get a hold of you. So uh, to summarize, is speaking at conferences and or giving workshops a good marketing activity? Yes, it's one of the best, but it's only one of the best provided you have unique expertise, you have a unique and clear offering that you've specialized in, and that you're speaking to people who may uh, buy from you, like people who can actually sign checks. So if you tick those three boxes, and you come up with a good, compelling talk that showcases that expertise, then yes, go do that all day, every day. Hit the podcast circuit, uh, hit the conference circuit, give those talks, because you will absolutely uh, generate business. So yeah, hopefully that helps and answers the question. Thanks for watching.